All right, good morning, everybody. You know, I like this format, Jonathan, because I can drink coffee throughout the whole message. <laughs> I don't usually get to do that when I'm in my normal preaching mode. Uh, but uh, Pastor David Holt, Pastor Jonathan Kilgore, and we're going to dismiss our children at this point, ages three years through fifth grade that wish to go to Children's Church. Again, we welcome children staying in the service if they want. And um, we are going to have a conversation yeah. this week and next about this incredibly important topic called worship. After we do that, we'll have some Q&A today, and then after that, we'll go back into musical worship. So um, that's why we're going into the message a little earlier than normal, but we're just so glad you're here, and those watching online want to just say welcome, and I want to just uh, take a moment to pause for just a minute. There's been so much in our nation this week with the hurricane, the unrest, the division, just a real spirit of heaviness, and, and folks, I, I really believe spiritual warfare is at a level that's unprecedented in our nation right now. So would you just bow your heads and take a minute and just pray right now for our nation, and I'll close this. Listen to this word that I found this week, and I'm going to pray into this as well. Put down your knives of poisonous words, opinions, offenses, bitterness, and hatred toward others, including leaders in our government. Take up the sword of the word. Put down your knives. Take up your sword of the word. United in the body. Worship the Lord, repent of your sin, put on the full armor of God, pray for our nation. So, Lord, we put down those things that would be the flesh, and we put on the sword of the Spirit, the armor of God, and we clothe ourselves in worship today that we might be vessels of the kingdom of God in this day that we live. We thank and praise you and ask that you would guide now this conversation about such an important topic, that of worship. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Jonathan, this was your idea that we do this, and it's because you have a heart for, for how this type of communication is in the Word, yeah. like in Jesus' life. So just to say something about why you thought this would be a good idea for us to tackle a topic, and this isn't going to be the, first, the last, because right. we're looking at conversations about other topics in the future. Um, uh, first of all, thank you for having me this morning, Pastor. And, um, what do you mean having you, man? You're on staff. You're going to yeah, be here long. We've been new on staff. I don't get the opportunity to talk to you guys like that, or you guys don't necessarily have an opportunity to get to know me. And so by having conversations like this, um, this particular conversation, you'll get a chance to know me, um, get the chance to hear my heart get to see um, the chance to know my perspective on worship and as your, as your worship pastor, um, where my heart is. So um, that's right. why we're having this conversation So on that today. note, I think it is important for the church to hear your heart on worship, how worship has impacted you personally and, and uh, your vision for our worship here at Living Hope. Okay, great, great question, great question. Um, so let's get started. Let's jump right into that. Um, I think that for me personally, worship is, is a personal thing. It's a personal thing. It's a relational thing for me as an individual. Um, worship saved my life, and worship is saving my life. So I say it again. It saved my life. You know, I grew up as a, a preacher's kid. My dad was the pastor of the church. Um, my uncles were pastors. You know, we had ministers all through our family. It's just what it was. Our family was a Christian family. Um, and that's what we grew up to believe. But um, how many know when you grow up in a family like that, that doesn't mean that you always live that out. You know, it's kind of forced on you or that's the way that it should be. But you, you can't really walk into the power of salvation until you come in contact with Jesus one-on-one. -on -one. 
You know, you can't really do that. You just can't just and it just can't be a family thing. And so that's what it was for me. So we were in church on on, on Sundays. You know, revivals out during the week. You know, many nights I can remember going to sleep on the back pew while Dad was preaching, um, <laughs> and get up the next morning and have to go to school. So we were trying to get that nap in because we know we had to go to school the next morning. But uh, that didn't really do it for me because when I got to school the next day, they couldn't tell that I was a Christian. You know, I couldn't tell me that I was a Christian or that was, those were my beliefs because my lifestyle didn't line up to that. Um, that was what was taught to me or what my family was doing. But one night in a worship service, I got real serious with God and said, hey, God, you know, I, I, I'm tired of being like a phony. One way in front of my parents and another way with my, with, with, with my, um, my classmates and everything. And so what I was trying to do, I was trying to fit in trying to be the cool guy. Nobody likes to be rejected. So you'll do whatever you can do to just to be that person. So, you know, I had an identity crisis. But when, I, when, I, when Jesus, I had a conversation with Jesus and an encounter with Jesus that changed my life forever. And when I felt his power in worship, this is why I'm a big fan of corporate worship. I'm so glad that we can worship together because in these, in these kind of settings, anything can happen. Miracles can happen. You know, um, so that's what happened for me. And, you know, if you're saved today, you, a miracle has, has happened for you. If you accepted Jesus Christ, uh, you, you've received a miracle. That's a miracle, to be able to have eternal life. It's a gift. It's a miracle. And I'm so glad that, um, that, that God saved my life. But not only did he save my life when I was a teenager, he's currently saving my life through worship, through relationship with him. No matter what the world, I have hope in Jesus Christ. No matter what the world may be, um, um, having troubles with or what we may be facing in the world, what we may be facing in our society today. Um, because I have a relationship with Christ, I have hope. Amen. So he's saving us immediately right now in the midst of worship. So um, as far as um, my vision or what God has given me for, um, for living hope, um, I just want to tell you a little bit about myself so you guys will get to know, because you see this guy up here playing the saxophone, come up, say, hey, what's worship? Come on. He's happy. What's, who is this cat? You know what I mean? You may want to know. So um, I think that all of my life, God has been preparing me for this moment that we are in now. Now, what's the next moment? I don't know. This may be preparing me for another moment. I don't know what God is doing, but I know that this moment was a preparation moment um, for me. And um, I, I say, because for, for years I played sax and we recorded CDs and um, we have a number of CDs. You go to iTunes and go to YouTube. You can see me on those things. We did those things. That's what we were doing, traveling, playing music, leading people into worship. Um, we did jazz. I was just a, a full-time musician. That's what I did. But um, uh, when my son turned 13 years old, I noticed something different in the house. And I said, and he's the only son. And, um, and I said, I need to be at home. And Holy Spirit kind of put that in my heart. And so I prayed to God. I said, God, if you open up an opportunity for me to be able to come home and provide for my family, I do it. For his sake, he needs dad at home. You know, mama doesn't need to raise him by herself. We going on the weekends and things. And so um, God opened up an opportunity for me to teach in the school. Um, and teach music and teach Bible. And um, it was an international school over in Swanee. Um, we had 17 different nations represented at that school. And so um, we had to teach the Bible to those individuals, and not only that, and teach them about Christianity, but also um, we had teams, students that wanted to sing. So we had to teach them about worship and how to worship and, and who God was. And what was, what was key for that, and key for that work, for that to work, the thing that made that work was Jesus, keeping him centered. He's the common denominator. He makes it all equal. He, he makes it work. He makes it work. So when, when you have students from, um, um, who are first-generation Christians and, and never heard of Jesus Christ, I mean, honestly, students that was say, well, who was Mary and, and, and um, who was Adam and who was Eve? They did not know. So um, when you come into a situation like that, a lot of you, um, a lot of my, they didn't need me. They don't need Jonathan. They need Jesus. Amen. They don't need my perspectives, my point of views. They need to hear what the Lord has to say from the word. And so that's what we did. And I think that um, um, during that time, we saw revival. I know for a fact we saw revival happen. Those kids came to Christ. Those kids were baptized. They began to lead worship. And a lot of those kids are going back to their countries right now, and they are worship leaders 
their worship time. So we was discipling and building worship leaders for, for, for God. So um, to get to now, I think that God brought me here in a place like Living Hope with, so, with such a diverse culture. I had to go through that to get prepared for this. If I didn't go through that, I wouldn't be prepared for this. Um, and um, I had to be able to come and be able to um, be able to deal with the different language barriers. So when we come here, sometimes all of us can speak English, right? Right, right. But there's still, if we've got different backgrounds, different walks of life, come from different religions, there's language barriers. <laughs> you know, there, there are barriers. So, so the Lord taught me um, there how to deal with those things, how to work through those things. And so as we come here at Living Hope, my, my vision and what God has given me is for a collective group of people from all walks of life to come together under the one name of Jesus Christ, under that banner of Jesus Christ, to lift up his name freely in worship. To do it the way God says do it. Not the way that I do it. I say do it because uh, my word doesn't mean anything. But God's word is everything. And so the way that God has given us in the book of the Bible, is, I call it, when I'm here teaching at Prince Avenue, I tell the students that this is our instruction manual. You know, you know when you get the new iPhone or, or the new um, MacBook Pro, Computers, you know, they come with instruction manuals. And if you follow those instruction manuals, you would know how to use those devices to the, to the, um, to the highest degree. Everything that's created, God created us. He gave us an instruction manual. So we're kingdom citizens. And in the Bible, we learn how to do it God's way. So... Um, so that's my vision. My vision for us is to be able to do it God's way, God's way for us to um, be able to be free in worship just like God says in Scripture, um, for us to be able to experience God in, uh, in ways in worship and praise like we never have before in our lives, uh, for us to use worship and praise as a weapon that it is, for us to be able to grab hold of what's been promised to us. You know, so that's what we want to do. We want, so, hey, we'll grow the team. We have CDs. Well, I mean, it's, 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 you, know, we're, we're, you know, we want to do that. We want to release a sign of hope mm. to the world. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. All right. So some of this will be reviewed from last week, but let's, let's talk about what is worship. So we've got a definition that we can kind of work off with. Uh, it's the exaltation of God through song, prayer, praise, physical expression, and ultimately through a life yielded to Jesus Christ. Talk about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, that, that's a good way. That's a good topic to talk about, right? Praise and worship. That's where we are today. But before we go to worship, let's talk about praise. Mm. You know, um, there was a preacher that preached at this church in this same spot last week. <laughs> kind of medium-height guy. Look kind of like you. I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> but he talked about praise and worship and the differences between the two. And... um. So t today, I want us, to first of all, take it from this perspective. And if you approach it from this pr perspective, I believe that it will be received in the right way, that we are not citizens of this culture. We are not from, you know, we are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. We are kingdom citizens. Right? Amen, amen. That's who we are. We are kingdom citizens. And so in the kingdom of God, there, there, there are... There are Laws, there's the things that, the ways that we do things, the ways that we should do things that look totally opposite from what we see. In this culture, in the, and on earth, in the United States of America, God's kingdom stands, and then, and we are called not only to, not only are we from there, but we're called to bring that kingdom to earth. To earth. So praise is one of those things that God has given us to bring to earth the right way the right way. So, when we look at praise, we, I know what praise is not. First of all, praise is not, it's not self-centered. And, 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 I mean, in the United States of America, we know that people could be self-centered. We see it every day. It's a way in our television shows, and our radio shows, in our schools, and our jobs, we see selfishness. But praise, I mean, David is constantly giving praise to the one who's worthy of it. It's never about himself. The Psalms are just full of it, not just David, but the Psalms, the Word of God is just cons consistently giving praise to the one who deserves the praise. So it's not self-centered. And oftentimes, when we're trying to be free in worship, we have to remove self out of the way. Self can't be a part of this. It's all about him. 
It's all about him. Another thing that worship is not, it's not quiet. No, if you go to Psalms 95, and, and we will see that's where the, um, and then Psalms 150, I mean, I can give you scripture all day to support what I'm saying, because this is not just my opinion. This is what we've studied. This is what we've seen um, in the word of God. But if, when you go to Psalms 95, it says make a joyful noise. And I'm pulling it up right here. I want to get it right. I want to quote him right. Come let us sing, a, sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud. That's what the scripture says. You know, let us shout aloud. This is God's kingdom. This is his way of doing things. He says, let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Who's the rock of our salvation, church? Jesus, yeah, talk back. It's okay to talk in church. You know what I mean? It's okay. I mean, I'm that type of preacher. I want you to talk back to me. We want to be in a, I believe it's scripture-based. I believe it's scripture-based. I believe that we should, because I'm, I'm reading it right here. It says, shout aloud to the Lord. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. Amen. Amen. So, hey, when you guys come in here on Sunday mornings and you hear the worship team singing and, and they prepared all week and they prayed all week and we've encouraged them all week with the word and just prayer. And we've covered that. It's not a concert. We didn't sell tickets at the door. But it's a worship experience. It's a worship encounter. And so we do that together with each other. That's what praise is. Praise. It's something that we often do. Oh, my God, I thank you for this one. It's like we often do. We'll find ourselves praising um, ourselves, praising our favorite sport team. It's, a, it's natural, right? Um, we'll, we'll, we'll praise our children if they do good on the report card. Oh, wow, wow, so good, so good, so good. But, hey, what happens when we get to church, when we find ourselves not able to praise the one who's really worthy to be praised? That's something I, I think that I think as believers we we it's a warfare. I think that is because the enemy knows if he can close your mouth, he can beat you. He knows if he can shut you up, he'll he'll win because death and life is in the tongue. He knows there's power when we speak life. He knows that there is power when we worship God. He knows that God loves worship. He knows also that praise we were created to do so. And that God inhabits the praises of his people. That God loves praise. God loves that. And so if he can get you to be quiet because you're nervous about your neighbor, what they may think about you, or he get you to be quiet because you may not be a good singer or whatever, he, he's got you. And so you come to church every Sunday, and, 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 and that can happen so easily. We could come to church every Sunday and come in here and not praise God, and then we leave out the same. Well, I've been in church all my life, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm going to tell you, I, I'm tired of just coming to church and leaving out the same. I want to see something different happen. I want to see God's promises come to my life. God has promised us, to promise us that we'll be the head and not the tail. He says, I'm blessed in the city and I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed when I come and ble I'm blessed when I go. And I want to grab hold on to those things. Yeah. You know, I, I want to live the abundant life that God has promised us. And, and, we, and so often we come in and we have a weapon that we can use to, to allow us to gain hold of that, and we don't use it. Now, if I ask everybody who's going to be the winner, I mean, I believe all hands will go up. But do we want to do what it takes to be a winner? You know? so it goes back to what does the Word say? What does the Word say? And one of the things I'm hearing you say is you, you want to be kingdom-focused. You want to have this as our manual for how we praise, how we worship, how we approach God. And, and the reason we can praise and worship Him despite our circumstances is because of who He is. Because of who He That's right. In Hebrews 13, I was reading this morning, it says, Let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that give thanks to His name. Well, sometimes praise is a sacrifice because we're not feeling it, circumstances aren't telling it, but He's still God and He's still worthy. And so praise and worship is a declaration of faith that I'm standing on your word, I'm standing on who you are despite my feelings or what's going on around me. Oh, yeah, it's not based on um, if things are going good all the time. And that's another, that's another um, effect of being um, 
in this world. Because everybody here prays as long as it's good. As long as everything is going good, we find ourselves praising. We find ourselves saying, oh, yeah, yeah, good, good, good. But let your favorite football team start losing. I mean, most people, oh, man, they just sorry today. You know, we're going to say all these bad things. If things don't go your way, that's what we do because that's that, whether around us or will shape us if we're not careful. That when we go to Scripture, when we spend time in work, we find out that, that, that we can praise God regardless of the situation. David said, I bless the Lord at all times, and his praises will continually be in my mouth. That all, at all times I will bless the Lord. Um, Habakkuk 3 and 17 um, it, let me get to this here. It, um, 3 to 17, it reads like this. Though the fig tree does not bud and, the, the, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop, crop fails and the fields produce no fruit, there, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. It says, I will be joyful in God, in, in God my Savior. So how does that look today? Oh, Although the, that our, our society, our, our culture has all things going on. You mean, it looks crazy in America right about now. We have all kinds of things happening. People are dying. Uh, we have COVID-19. Uh, um, we have um, social injustices, things. Everything looks crazy. You know, um, um, during this time, you know, some of us have lost jobs. Some of us don't have the income that we normally have, would have before this time. Some of our marriages have been attacked during this time, and we find ourselves not even liking the one that we've been married to because we were stuck in the house all that time together, and I find out I really don't like you. You know what I mean? So, so you know, because we have had all of those things happen, but yet, will I praise God? Yet will I praise God. Yet will I give him praise. You know, I told the, um, the last group that when my dad died in 2010, it was one of the hardest experiences that we ever experienced. Um, dad was a strong man of God, big, powerful, big influence in our lives. He's a pastor of the church, became a bishop. I mean, he's a big guy, too, 6'4", 230. But when he got sick with cancer, um, he, he, all of that kind of went away. The last two weeks, I saw him go from, um, he, no, no, cancer will eat away at you. I, I saw a man that was standing 6'4", go to 6'2". I saw him lose 30, 40 pounds. And so we had to take him to the bathroom. I had to feed him changed him because he couldn't do stuff for himself no more. Tough times, right? Tough times. Now, I could have used that time to say, God, how dare you let my dad die? Because we prayed for healing on this side. No, I mean, we prayed. We fasted. My brothers and I, we got on our face. We laid before the Lord. I mean, we really believed God was going to heal him on this side. And we spoke that and we kept speaking it. But it didn't work that way. God had plans for him. God took him away. Now, I could have been that bitter person that say, hey, God, how dare you do that? i never preach for you again. i never go to church again. i never do that. We could have easily taken that road because of heartache. But we took the other road because we know who God is. And we understand his promises because my dad is a Christian, because he lived a life for Christ, because he served God, because he served God. We use that moment to grow in faith. God used us that moment. We praise God. We begin to praise God. And I, and I, my, if my brothers was here and my, my mom was here, we'll tell you. We begin to praise God. We sat there and watched him take his last breath. And, and for a moment, after tears, you know, we cried. We human, we're human. Yeah, we cried. We cried. But that was, we didn't stay dead. Because, because I have the same resurrection power in me as my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we got up. And at the home-going service, when there were thousands of people, about 2,000 people came to see that because he impacted so many lives, we praise God because praise is what I do. It's who I am. And, and I vow to praise him through the good and through the bad because praise is what I do. And so, and so, so, so when you come to church, if you've had a tough week or if you're just feeling tired that day or not even just come to church if you're riding in your car because praise is not just this moment. It's a lifestyle. You know, when we get up in the morning, man, we need to get up and let our feet hit the ground ready to go. We need to show up. And like, like, I've been married for 24 years and I have to show up for that marriage every day for it to work. I have to come ready. Every day to love my wife, to do the, things, do, the, do the things that I'm supposed to do to show her that she's being loved. I have to be that dad. My, I can't have off days like that. You know what I mean? You know? No, I mean, do we have some days where we're not as good as others? Yeah. But I have to be, I mean, it's a mindset. 
So if we take that mindset into praise, when I hit my feet hit the ground in the morning, oh, God, I thank you for waking me up this morning. God, I thank you for life, health, and strength. I thank you for your mercies today because they are new and so fresh, God, and I want every one of them. God, so, and I need them all, God. You know what I mean? You know, I mean, as I'm, I'm, when I'm in my car on the way to work, I commune with him. I show up. So that way when we come to church, we don't have to get warmed up. We're already hot. You know, we are already on fire. We are already in his presence. We are already. And so when we come together, that's what happens. We begin to do corporate worship and corporate praising. And that's something powerful when we corporately come together under the banner of Jesus Christ. There's something powerful that happens when we lift our voices together. And as Pastor mentioned that, you know, we're in a time like we've never seen before in our world. And if you don't see the warfare that's going on as a Christian, you have to be blind. That's right. That's the only way you don't see this. You don't, you, you have to see this. So as a believers, we have to use what God has given us right now. Right now, it, that's an urgency in the spiritual realm. So when you're uncomfortable or you don't even feel like it, you need to find yourself doing what you were created to do. You need to do what God says. So he's the king. It's a commandment. He says praise is that. Now, I told you about what it's not, but it is a commandment. And it comes from the king. And he's still sitting on the throne. COVID-19 didn't move him off the throne. All of this um, racial injustice didn't move him off the throne. Black Life Matters didn't move him off the throne. Uh, the Democratic Party didn't move him off the throne. Republican Party didn't move him off the throne. Jesus Christ is on the throne. He's in charge. Yeah. He's in charge. He's in charge. And under him, and those are the standards that we live by. So, Jonathan, one of the things yeah. that the watching world needs to see is a united church. A united church. We're the answer for this. The church is the answer to the issue. The world is not equipped to fight spiritual battles. Mm -hmm. They don't have the weapons. They don't have the tools. But a united church, they would have to hear that. Yeah. The, the, the Satan would have to bow to that. This system would have to hear to a united church. That's why I love living hope. Mm. So one of the things that I believe is important in our corporate worship, and we're gonna we'll we'll get into this a lot more next week. So this is just more of a teaser, but um, we'll talk more about cultural issues, styles, preferences, which we all have. But we want God's word to be that which instructs us about this. That's it. And so if we see something in here that maybe is not my personal preference, who needs to adjust? We do. I do. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, because um, he, he's going to make you uncomfortable. Mm. He's going he's gonna to make you uncomfortable. Yeah, the Bible says, I got scripture for it, tests and trials come to make you strong. Mm. So when you're tested and, 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 and you're going through some things, when your faith may be getting a little weak, God's there to make you strong. That's the strong in your relationship with him. No, he's going to test you, and it's going to be uncomfortable. Growth, anybody that grows anytime, you know, uh, um, or, or, or you're in school, you're okay, you go to college for that four-year degree or that, that master's degree or that doctor's degree. Anybody have one of those in here? Can you testify to how hard that is? How much, how difficult the testing of that is? Hey, Jimmy, man, I got my master's while being a daddy, being that husband, working a full-time job, working at the church. Still doing weddings and things on the weekend on the sacks and still got my master's degree. Very difficult. But when we finished it, I was much better because of the process. I'm telling you, God will challenge you where you are. He's going to challenge you in your, in, in your you know, some, some people say, well, the Bible says we have to be loud. But I'm an introvert. I'm not extroverted. What do you say about that, Pastor? <laughs> well... So, so, yes, there's the part of us that we have our certain personality types, like an introvert, extrovert, more expressive, less expressive. But the heart can supersede the personality. Oh, yeah. Because when the heart gets in tune with God and lets God transform a person from the inside out, then that can supersede one's personality. Oh, it really can now. I mean, that's the supernatural, right? <laughs> and that's what we want. This we want to bring it back to the heart. We want to bring it back to the, the heart. The heart is the ultimate issue. I mean, and when you talk about the difference between praise and worship, not that praise, not not when we are praising God, uh, uh, 
it's not um, a heart thing or not relationship, but that when you really go into worship, because some people say worship is a slow song or, you know, or and praise is a fast song. But worship, if you look at the definition of worship and you begin to study, it, it means to, to lay prostrate. Mm. It, means to, it means to blow kisses. It means to bow down before. It ultimately means a surrender heart. So the song could be fast, but if your heart is surrendered to God, it's worship. So there is a distinction between the two, and yet it's not to be dissect, overly dissected. And so you might, yeah, you've got the, the slides that, that yeah. praise is biblically more celebratory, more yes. expressive. Worship, the falling down, both of them ultimately the heart. I mean, honestly, when you, when you really, I mean... I like to use marriage as a symbol because I think marriage is an example of Christ in the church. And I think that's why he put that institution in place. So I like to use it. My wife, my marriage has really helped my relationship in God. I had to change to love my wife like Christ loved the church. And I'm still working on that. And I'll be working on that until he comes back. But it's challenging, right? Right, right, right. So when, when you think about the heart, though, it is going to cause a sense of when you break your ways and you give up your will for another, and when you give up your way for God's way, there is a, a surrenderance. There is a breaking. There is a falling down. There is a, some tears. That we, I mean, nothing is stronger than the will of man. You know, when you have your strong will, when your will is, break, is broken for the, the cause of Christ, yeah, yes, yeah, tears bowing down. Because it's, a, because it's a breaking. I mean, I, I, so I believe that, that that is an intimacy in worship that we don't see necessarily in praise. That, that, that's that main difference, that, intimate, that intimacy with Christ. You know, and so God wants to see into me, intimacy. You know, he wants to get down into yeah. us and do what he needs to do with us. I think you know? sometimes praise kind of, for me, praise primes the pump. Yeah. Praise yeah, like, yeah. you know, it primes the pump. I'm, I'm pumping that thing and then the water starts coming and, and, and that's sometimes a, an act of my will. Maybe mm -hmm. I don't feel like it, but I choose to praise him, choose to focus on who he is, choose to sing that song, choose to recite that psalm. It's faith. It's faith to do that, especially when I'm not feeling it or circumstances are hard. And then it's like my spirit just, it's like it's just getting primed, the pump. And, and my spirit, my, my heart gets, gets more in tune, and then I'm at a place to just fall down and worship. You are. And I like when you just said about uh, um, it's faith to say, because some words of the songs that we sing, you know, um, I have students to say this to me um, from, even I'm at Prince Avenue now and at school before. Um, I have a hard time singing those um, words, Mr. Kilgore, because I don't believe those words. That's not true for me. I don't know if God really can do that. So my response is, you know, uh, um, if, when you have faith, you don't necessarily see it, right? But you have to believe it. You know, I love the honesty. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's the Lord truth. is near to those who call upon him in truth. In truth. That's being truthful. I'm that's struggling, it. God. I'm having, but, but. Then, it, then it comes the yet. Yeah, the, yet yeah. will I praise you. Yes, yes. And so we encourage them to begin to sing those things. And, be, and before you know it, they begin to, to believe those things. And the things that in the areas in their life where they, where they were struggling at, and say, I don't know if I believe that or not, then God begins to show up. Because there's power in your worship. You, we release the power of God in that. And when you, when you have that faith. See, see, I mean, when you study Scripture, I think every miracle that we see in the Gospels is activated by faith. The woman with the issue of blood, 12 young years suffering. No, she could have threw the towel in and said, I'm done. But she heard about a king coming her way. She heard about the Savior coming her way. She said, God, if nothing else don't work, I'm going to try this. So she goes out of her way. And, man, I'm going to tell you, there's so much packed into that story because she does something that is not traditional. She does something that she's not supposed to do. She's not supposed to be out the house because she's unclean. She's not supposed to touch a priest because she's unclean. But she said, you know what? I'm going to do away with the rules this time, and I'm just going to go for broke. God, I'm going for you because I believe in you. And when he touched her, her faith. Made our whole. So tradition, yeah. culture, what we grew up in our homes and what we have seen so much. Uh, uh, that, you know, faith's going to cause you to break down some of these walls. You know, if you really want God to do something in your life, if you really want to see that miracle happen in your life, you're going to have to step out on water and walk and do something that you've never seen God do before in your life. Yeah. You know, and I did, yes, sir. 
Yes, sir. Yeah, and like, like when Peter had to go out. When Peter had to go out. We talked about that before. When Peter had to go out. What a miracle. What an act of worship. Peter was like, nah, I'm done for the day. No fish. Jesus comes by and says, hey, man, go back out there and throw that, throw that net again. Drop your nets again. And Peter was like, you know what? I did that. And he said, but since you said it, now on your word, I'm going to go. So, so, and I'm glad you said that because it's about obedience. So before, before, that's where worship really is. So obedience is better than sacrifice, you know what I mean? So before he saw this miracle happen in his life, he just stepped out and believed God. God, I'm going I'm to go on out and just, just try it. Since you said, I'm going to try it. And so what happens? He gets a cast full of fish. He gets a net full of fish. It was a major payday for him. Baby, they could go to the bank that day, you know what I mean? So, so they pull it all up. They pull up all this fish and everything, and then he comes back. And what does Peter do? Nowhere in Scripture do we see that Peter cashes in. On his, on his catch. We see Peter leave what he caught and follow Jesus. Wow. Hey, that's worship. That's worship. How many is going to follow Jesus? All right, let me pause right now. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's some people in the room and online that really need right now to consider where you need to step out. Yeah. Where you need to obey. Mm-hmm. where you need to take God at his word. You've been resisting, you've been disobeying, you've been hesitant, you've been a boat hugger instead of a water walker yeah, yeah, because yeah. you're not taking God at his word. And God honors faith, folks. God honors his word. He will not lie. He will not be mocked. He's true to his word. If you do what it says, then God moves. Some of you are waiting for him to move before you step out. You're waiting for the water to turn to concrete. Mm-hmm. No, it won't turn to concrete before you step out. You have to step out, and that's faith. That's and worship faith. is faith. Worship that's, is a declaration. I mean, it's, it, it really is. You know, when we, when we think about um, expressing ourselves in the public, you know, that's not easy. And so as we are preaching up here, or just having a conversation, rather, you know, as we are talking, hey, we take that into consideration. To express yourself, to sing in public, to lift your hands in public, to cry before others, you know, to kneel down before others. Hey, it's not always easy. That's right. But it's an act of faith. Amen. And so when we start rolling in that faith like that and we start moving in God like that, you see God do some awesome things in your life. I mean, your relationship with God, I mean, God could totally, totally transform you. I, I like to talk about old Saul. Saul was going up the road called Damascus. Headed to take out some Christians, go to arrest some Christians like he always done. That was his job. He had a passion to do it. He loved doing it. But he had a God encounter. And so when he encountered God, and he encountered the presence of God. See, this is, what we, this is powerful. When he encountered the presence of God, God changed his heart. God changed his heart. This is yet why we, we, we have these conversations. This is yet why we preach. This is why we have church. This is why we have prayer team, Bible studies. Because we, we're, 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 we're believing God for godly encounters. Yeah. And so when you encounter God, God will change your name. Not only will he change your name, he'll change your game. See, see, Paul's game was changed. Not only was he, he, he changed for being a Christian um, um, killer or a slayer to become, becoming um, an evangelist for the name of Jesus Christ. God changed his game. I remember when I was, oh, my God, I thank God for this. I, I could tell you my testimony. I, I, I like when God just drops something on you. You know, you, you know what I mean. He's just dropping. You, you weren't planning to say this. But when I was 16 years old and I was in that service and I was playing a saxophone, at that time I loved basketball and I was a track star. Now, I'm starting point guard and running track. My, my desires were to go to NCAA. And, and, and play ball in Division One or run track for Division One. That's what we wanted to do. Sax was a secondary thing. I did it because I, I, you know, I liked to do it, and I had a little talent to do it, and I did it. But I was in the service, and I had a, a Damascus roller experience. I had a God encounter. And when the, the, the preacher that day and the prophet began to call, and I was just playing, and they should call me out and say, hey, who was that playing that horn? I hear this horn. Out of all the worship that was going on, out of all the people that was crying and going on, and all the musicians that were playing, there was something about that piercing sound of the horn. She heard that horn, and when she heard the horn, she came and said, hey, 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 come here, come here, come here, come here. 
let me tell you something about yourself, what God's going to do with you. And she began to read me like a book. And she began to tell me everything that God is doing for me today. She said, God's going to use you to play the saxophone around the world. And you're going to play the horn and people are going to be healed. And you're going to travel and you're going to make CDs. And she said, you know what? And then she whispered this in my ear because it's a room full of African-Americans. So she whispered in my ear. She said, you're going to play for white people. <laughs> That's what she says. That's what she says. That's what she says. You know, so, so she, she tells, tells me that, and I hold that to myself. And I, I, don't, I didn't share that with mom. I didn't share that with anybody. I just held it to myself. And God made that happen. I'm glad he did. Yes, sir. Me too. Me too. And so he made that happen. So when you worship God in Psalms 95, it says when you praise and worship God and the day that you hear the word of the Lord harden not your heart. Oh, my goodness. And see, worship, and when worship and, and where we have our services, we have praise and worship. When you hear the preach word or you hear the prophetic word or you hear the personal word that you get in your intimate time with God, I encourage you not to harden your heart because God's about to change your game. He's going to put you where you're supposed to be, where he created you to do, where he made you to do. Every single person in this building was created with purpose in mind, with a plan in mind. God has a plan for you, and I'm telling you, it could be unlocked in your relationship with him, and that praise and worship is such a key a component to it. It's such a key. So my heart is not to, not to fuss at you, or I don't want you to think I'm you know, angry or anything, because God doesn't work like that. God loves you, and he's calling you. The day that you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Good stuff. All right, we're going to take some questions. So if you have a question, raise your hand. We'll bring a mic to you, or you can text it in. Uh, don't have time but for a few, but... Uh, Raise your hand if you have a question, and then next week we're going to deal with what does it mean to worship in spirit and truth. We'll look at styles, cultural, some of those personal preference issues, where do those play in. And then the week after that, Jonathan's going to preach on the power of praise and worship in spiritual warfare. So that's what's coming up. Yeah. All right, what questions do you have? Hopefully we've stoked the fire a little bit. What's a question you have that um, might take us even deeper? Yeah. I love your heart, brother. Oh, I love yours, too. Man. I, I love when we have conversations. It's like when I teach Bible study or I'm in class, it's always time for questions. Yeah. Because we learn so much from you. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit is speaking to somebody that mm. even in your question, mm -hmm. it's going to bring some freedom That's to good. somebody. Yeah. I promise you. So, so, hey, feel free. Come on with those questions. Yes. We've got a question over against the wall. It's, it's not really a question, it's more of a praise. Uh, I noticed that in my past of praying to God that my prayers were answered, but I would work and it took more time. But now that I've turned my life over and gave myself to God and I do more worshiping, like when I pray, I praise him, I thank him for patience, that even though I haven't praised for those same things, those things have come to me more faster. Yeah. And it means so much more, you know, like, I prayed to get my family back, prayed for a job, a vehicle, mm. and stuff like that. And I had to work and do so many things to get it. And I got it at the end, and it was just like, yeah, I'm happy I got it. And since I, you know, turned my life over, you know, I was baptized a couple weeks ago, and now that I pray, we're giving praise and don't really ask for those things. I just say, you know, I'm going to wait for you for when it's ready. Them things have came to me so much faster, and it means so much more. And, yeah, you know, and now when I pray, it's like, when I give praise, it, it, you get that jump in your chest. And yes, sir. It, it makes you feel so much more. That's good. Thank you, brother. Good word, man. Yeah, you think about it in a marriage, how much time do you spend asking the other to do something for you versus just conversing? Just conversing. And yeah. I think as we get more intimate with the Lord, we, we spend more time just conversing and just hearing and worshiping. Yeah. And, yeah, there'll be the intercession part of prayer, and that's yeah. part of prayer is asking and pulling down strongholds and all that. But, man, the greatest way to start your time with God is thanks, praise, and worship. I mean, I'm telling you, I mean, I, I appreciate my brother over there because um, last week when, 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 this, when you were preaching and I wasn't here and you began to talk about praise and worship, um, I, that leap began to happen at the house. And I began to sense God praise. I'm telling you, when you create, it's in us. You're made to do this. 
And so when, it's, when the anointing of the Lord is on it and that preach word comes, man, I'm just at the house. I'm like getting excited. I mean, I can just feel God. So I, I can totally relate to that, yeah. to that jump. <laughs> um, mine is more of a, a comment, too. When you were talking a while, a while ago about um, it's an act of will and doing it even if you don't feel it. I know there have been several occasions in my life when I felt like I was under spiritual attack or I was really, really down, and I really did not feel like I was like, oh, this is terrible. Oh, help, 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 help. But I also I, I realized in my mind, it's like, wait a minute, I need to do the, turn the cheek and do the other thing, and I would pr start praising. And at first, it's really, really hard to, to, to you know, praise, read scripture or whatever that's praising when you're in those really down times. But once you start doing it, it gets easier. Mm -hmm. And it gets easier, and then suddenly it's not the same anymore. You change your environment yeah. when you do that because the, the Lord comes in and he th sends out whatever it is that's, that's holding you down or is, is attacking you or whatever. I love it. It goes away because mm -hmm. God's there, and it can't be there anymore. Amen. Key, key phrase you just said, Kathy, changes the environment. Yes. The reason that happens is because demons flee when we praise and worship. Amen. And the presence of God comes in a greater measure. That's right. That's right. And inhabit the praise of his people, Psalm 22, 3 in the King James is literally he comes to live among. So I'm more comfortable in certain environments. So is God. God is really, really comfortable in the atmosphere of praise. So when there's praise, he comes in a manifest fashion. He's omnipresent, but he's manifesting his presence in the atmosphere of praise and worship. One more. We've got it. So, Pastor David, you kind of know a little bit what's going on with me. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. But through, through this season, what I've realized is I, it's very easy to seek God's hand and just ask for deliverance, which isn't wrong. But I've found that there's more of a shift in my heart, in my mind, when you start to look at who he is, when you start to look at who God is and seek his face more than his hand, stuff really starts to shift because he knows what's going on. And you start to get in that like Isaiah 6 experience and, and things start to shift. Why is that? Why does I feel like more happens in that Isaiah 6 experience when we seek God's face versus when you're just asking God for stuff? Oh, um, it, I think it's in Scripture. We find it in Matthew. It says, first seek you the kingdom of God, and all these other things will be added. So when you seek God first, God's word is not going to come back. It's not void. It's not going to lie. He said, if you seek me first. So in my prayer time, if I go to God, and I'm going, instead of just all about me, 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 because he already knows. That mm. when you praise him regardless of the me, me, me situation, then that's seeking him first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and I will add these things to you. So I believe when we put our focus on him, anyway, he fights for us. Mm. He moves for us. We release the power of God when we, when we put him first. And it's not, I told you, praise and worship is not self-centered. I mean, God knows you. He knows you, he knows you where you are today. He knows where you're going tomorrow, the next day, and the day before that. God can see, we can see straight, but God can see around that corner. Mm. But when we seek him first, he responds. And so that's why you see God moving like that, because then another thing that happens, that's real practical. I mean, like, if you start praying to God and you just start talking about God, and, and, and a matter of fact, if you just start praying for others and not your own situation, do you, have you ever tried that? And, you know, all that focus off your little situation that's kind of go to the side. When you put God first, yeah. when you start putting other people first and start just praying. I'm not saying that we shouldn't pray for ourselves and, and ask God for things. But um, my, whole, my whole 30 minutes in prayer or my hour or my 45 minutes or even my five minutes should not be all about me. That's right. That's good. All right. So as we go into our time now of musical worship and praise, we, we really want this to be an atmosphere of freedom. And so if you want to come to the altar and kneel and pray or, or sing, even during the singing time, you may, want to, you may be led to pray for the situations in our nation or even somebody in the room, or you may want to huddle up with a few other people and pray or grab a brother or sister. I would like to ask a couple of our prayer team people if they could be at the corners, if somebody did want to get prayer from one of them. But we just really want this to be an atmosphere of freedom. We want you to enter in. I want you to enter into the presence of God and, and, and leave yourself in the sense and focus on Him. And we have got a great lineup of songs. Not that, again, it's about the songs. It's not. 
but they're anointed. <laughs> and it's an opportunity for you to now go in to the presence of God through musical praise and worship. Amen. Amen. I believe that the atmosphere is, is when we live for worship, I believe, I, I believe that the, um, the atmosphere would change. And so, so as, as like Ben starts to play and the, and the band starts to move into it and they begin to lift up the, the, the name of the Lord and you begin to sing too because there's power in what your words are. Those words on the screen are for you. And if you, I mean, some of those words are like prophetic words to you. If you just believe that, regardless of the situation, you speak that over your life and begin to worship God along with these words. Um, you will see and you will experience a change in your atmosphere. How many want God today? I mean, I just don't want his stuff. I don't want all the things. He's, I just want his face. I want his presence. I understand we have needs and some things are riding, riding on that. You know, I lost some loved ones during this COVID-19 thing. You know, had a cousin that died from it. You know. So I know we got, we, we, but, but, but he's in heaven. He's good. He's good. He's good. So I'm praying for his wife. Call her name out every day. I call for her. Call out. Call God. Meet her where she is. So I know we got needs and we have concerns. A lot of us have been hurt. A lot of us have gone through some tough times in our current culture. But God is a healer. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. There's peace that will surpass. He will give you that peace that surpasses all understanding. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. So wherever you are today, wherever your situation may be, wherever your mind may be, I ask you to draw it in and leave it at the cross. Take it to the feet of the king. And worship. Would you please rise? Who could it? 